When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. On a Live Nations Friday, loosey-goosey edition of the program. Great to be with you. Loosey-goosey. I'm Jeff, that's Tom. There's Director Matthew. We're close. We are close. Just a day away and I can't wait. Florida State, Miami. Always fun, always nerve-wracking, always important, always uh, a game that helps make up a big part of how you feel regarding the season uh, reflection, right? I mean, what, what you did, what you didn't do, what you accomplished, what you didn't accomplish, this is a, a big part of those feelings and evaluations. And, um, you know, I know I predicted a rather robust rocking chair runaway victory for Florida State. But I'll take a three-point win. I'll take whatever, as long as it's on the winning side of the ledger. I, I don't need it to look pretty. I'd like it to look pretty. I don't have to have a lopsided affair. I'd like it to be uh, a lopsided uh, affair. Um, but, um, man, we shall see. We shall see. I, I still feel good. Nothing's changed. I'm not wavering on that prediction. Still feel good about it. I like Florida's chance, Florida State's chances to, uh, to go down there and, feel, and, and play a good football game. So. Um, I, I, I just, I really would be, I guess the way of saying it, I really would be surprised if Florida State didn't play well. I really would be. I, I don't see a reason why they wouldn't. Right. If Miami has Tyler Van Dyke and all of their offensive weapons, Restrepo's back and, you know, Ja'Curry Brown is in there on third and short and they put all these things together, they could rack up into the mid twenties or maybe they could even touch into the thirties if all things fall apart for you defensively. Yeah. But you would feel that our offense should set the pace, no matter what their situation is on offense, right? Like, that's the thing that you would bank on. Mm-hmm. You feel more sure about before kickoff is that the offense will have a good day? Yeah, I really do. I don't think that there's much uh, – there aren't many scenarios. Now, turnovers are always the, the thing. Um, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, you can't predict that. We know those are pretty random, unless you're a team that has shown a propensity for for that, and we really haven't. Um, and I feel like, you know, the, the the point is with Florida State that all the signs have been there for a while in, in the yards per play metrics and, and the way that, again, if you're able to convert in the red zone with a little bit more consistency than you have, then I, I just don't think that there's a chance Florida State scores under 30. I don't see this Miami defense holding them to under 30. Now, again, I can't account for missed kicks. You know, you got to make your field goals if you have opportunities to convert in the red zone uh, with a field goal. I, you know, if you have a situation where you get down inside the 10, you can't get bogged down there, you got to find a way to convert those into touchdowns. I mean, I get all that, but 
I just think they will. I think they'll they'll introduce more of Jordan's legs in that situation. I think that um, I, there's no you know if you're Mike Norvell, you recognize how close your offense is to being really good. I mean it's good right now, but it could be really really good. He's an offensive mind. Atkins is as well. They really have a good rate working relationship together. They use their personnel well for the most part. I just uh, I, yeah now. You're right to point out that if there's going to be a, a reason the game is close, these are two different conversations. How much does Florida State score? I think they score in the 30s or more. Is the game close? All right, well, what will determine if the game is close has a lot more to do with Florida State's defense, and that is does Florida State's defense uh, dominate the line of scrimmage? I think they're poised to do so, it seems to me. I don't trust our secondary against anybody. But I don't have to have an elite secondary if my defensive line is winning. And so I think my defensive line is going to win here. And if that's the case, then I only have to be average in the defensive backfield. Yeah, there's some things that Gaddis will do, which is, you know, with empties or, or one back and four wide. And I think that would be the approach I would take. Get as many defensive backs on the field as I possibly could for Florida State and test their depth there, test their metal on the edge. But the thing is, you know, not a lot of teams are as good blocking the perimeter as we are on offense. That's mm. one of the best things we do with yeah, our receivers. Yeah, we, we do it really well. We can get downhill and make some plays. It's just a matter of do you have enough athletes if you spread us out five wide and can you get rid of the ball quick enough in order to make those plays? I don't think if I'm Miami I would run these close formations these uh, to the line of scrimmage, these little stacks and whatever, and bring all the numbers to the box and run traditionally. I think that's you're asking for uh, to be in, uh, at a deficit very early on. Yeah, and I haven't seen um, a diversity of offense from them. I haven't really seen them be able to do a lot of things. Like, they've, they've tried a lot of things. They haven't been able to do successfully a lot of things. The, um, yeah, the best of what they do is with Van Dyke, of course. Yeah, and who knows if he even plays. Right. <laughs> with Mallory obviously being a, a, a problem in the slot, Restrepo too could be. Like so, you're putting all these little pieces together from different parts of their season. They they've never put it all together in one night. That's what they're banking on here. But the running back Parrish is just another guy. Knighton hasn't had a good year. Their runs take very very long to develop. And then in short yardage, Jacurry Brown is the guy I would be nervous about. I wouldn't be nervous about a straight ahead run. At, you know the numbers with a read option. They bring in a, a package quarterback. That would make me more concerned. But you're having to stack up a lot of things that haven't been proven and neither are they consistent, nor are they consistent, in order to put Miami in a position to score 24, 27, 30 points. If you take the game from the vantage point of, hey, I am a Miami fan and I want Miami to win, and can you tell me a way that Miami wins? Sure, you and I can sit down and talk about if this, then that, and maybe this. But if you are that fan... You'd rather be a Florida State team right now. You'd rather Florida State be the squad that you're having to defend. You'd rather Florida State be the one that you have to talk about finding ways to win a game because you know they have a lot of ways that they can win the game. There's a very, there are very few opportunities for you to win the game if you're a Miami fan. And, 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 and again, just because of the, the way they've been hamstrung with personnel, some of the problems they've had with the offensive line, the lack of explosiveness, the lack of weaponry compared to some other Miami teams we've seen in the past, even last year's team, for example, uh, they they just haven't had it. Yeah, the number one key for Florida State on offense, I think, is, is for the plays to be quick. Whatever it is, get it out of your hands quickly because when 
offenses that are competing against Miami go bad, it's because the quarterback holds for a tick and another tick because that pass rush is good. It's good. Mesador against our tackles. I don't like that matchup. I but don't like a lot of guys against our tackles, but we've been able to scheme around that rather easily. Correct, and we've seen fronts at this level are better than this level. And, you know, Florida State's sack rate isn't that large. Uh, hey, now. Uh, but that's also part and parcel due to the offense that we run, which is we're, we know our weaknesses, so we'll, we'll scheme around them. But as long as Jordan knows where to go with the football if we're passing, then the backs are going to be open out of the backfield. And then the next thing you watch is – how does Miami approach it pre-snap? Are they daring us to run with a soft shell because they're afraid of Ja'Kai Douglas' speed and Johnny Wilson's size and, and all that kind of stuff? Or do they challenge us and bring a seventh guy to the line of scrimmage oh, and say, please. Jordan Travis, it's on you? Please do. Yeah. I, I mean, that will be another big day for Jordan Travis. I'd rather than play too high and let us run right of into course, it because we'll do that all day. We'll do that all day, and it's more a pleasing aesthetic to me. I like abusing people, and you can abuse people in the run game. It is... Uh, you know, for for me, it's passive uh, when you're able to beat people throwing the ball. It is it is not rugged, um, and you know that's fine. I, I'll you you beat people however you have to beat people, but you beat people up when you run the ball on them. And hypnotic in the uh, which is a nice name for a screen name says Mesidor's banged up. I understand that, but still, I, what I'm telling you is larger bodies on the perimeter worry me a little bit, especially on the left side of our offensive line. So, you know, if you can. If you're Jordan Travis and you can get to that second point, scramble drill kind of stuff, what you know, Roethlisberger was very famous for, if you can get past it, you're going to have dudes running scot-free without a defensive back within 20 yards of them. That's been Miami all season long. But I just wouldn't even want to invite the idea of the ball being on the ground from the pocket. Let's just get the ball out quickly, not allow that crowd to, to feed on itself. Well, Don't give them any reason. Just make quick decisions, have quick hitting runs, and I think we'll be okay. Yeah, I, I keep coming back to a theme here that I've I've really kind of explored all week long. I, I just think if the other team's name is not Miami, based on the evidence on film, the evidence of their results, the evidence of the stats, it, personnel, we're not even worried about this game. I'm We just wouldn't even be worried about the game. When, Miami's not good. They're not. They're not any good. <laughs> it's that simple. They've got a few nice players, and we can point them out. We should. I, I can do that every week. I mean, there's a couple of guys every week that I'm like, oh, that guy's good. He's going to be a problem for us. But if we take the collective that is Miami through eight games this year, they're not good. Florida State's not great, but they're pretty good. They're pretty good. They, you know, they have a win over the number 10 team in the country for what that's worth. There you go. I'm, I'm just Away saying, from home. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, if, if you go through and you look at it, you say, all right, let's just look at the resumes. They're not close. Florida State's resume is much better than Miami's resume. And we've had some like opponents, and we've had moments where you can compare the personnel. I just, they have to lay an egg. They have to lay an egg to lose. They could. Now, that part I agree with. When, when everybody comes back with, well, you're saying, no, I'm not saying it's a foregone conclusion, but we take the evidence that we have before us, and we assess, and we give what we think is going to happen based on what we've seen up to this point. And what we've seen up to this point suggests very little about how Miami could beat Florida State, say for Florida State effing it up. And if that happens, we're going to have a very different conversation on Monday. And, you know, yeah, does that make you nervous because you don't want to have that conversation? I don't mean you specifically, you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I would like that not to have that conversation. I'd like not to have to think to myself, really? We just did that? We just threw this all away to that team? Um, but I don't, I don't think we're going to have that. I, I really don't. Now, again, situations matter. 
I get it. So you could you can dominate the day. You can clearly illustrate you're the better team. And it can still be close in the fourth quarter. And if that happens, then, you know, you got to buckle up because nerves come into play and you don't know how kids are going to respond. And one play can make a difference. Something fluky can happen. I just hope that's not the situation we find ourselves in. I won't resent it if it's for the right reasons. If it's for the wrong reasons, it's going to be extremely upsetting because that will reflect poorly on the coaching staff. What's interesting about tomorrow's game is you've got a movable object versus a stoppable force when Miami is on the field in the way of turnovers. Miami loves to turn the football over, whether it was Van Dyke or Garcia. Oh, it doesn't they, matter who. Yeah, they turn it over. They love to turn the football over. We don't like turnovers. We don't like to get them. We don't like short fields and sudden change for our offense. It's not something we do. We don't specialize in it. It's something that we did last year, though, in this game. Early on, remember the interceptions? There was one that looked like it might have been an incompletion in our own territory. We got downhill. Akeem Dent was a big part of that. Mm -hmm. Amarian Cooper had yeah. an interception in this game last year. I, I believe it was Amarian who finished the play. But I find that interesting that you've got two trends that are completely the opposite. If we actually win the turnover battle, then this thing could be even uglier than our optimistic viewpoint. We're assessing every week by thinking that Florida State's not going to get the ball in a short field. We are not going to be the beneficiary of a turnover. Right. turnover. We haven't Ever. Been. We right. haven't been. Yeah. But they God put the ball in the deck. Yeah. It ain't bouncing us. You know? If it does happen tomorrow night, my God, this could get ugly. I'm assuming we have to go the length of the field most of the time, 60 yards plus on these drives. Thankfully, they've had a lot of practice in having to go 60 plus yards in order to score. They're patient. They have found ways to do just that. Hell, they had to do that against Georgia Tech. Lots of lengthy drives. I mean, you're right. 93 yards on Clemson after returning a kick several yards deep. Yeah. Uh, George adds to the conversation, disregarding last year's result, did last year's matchup have a wider disparity between teams, or is it this year's matchup? Uh, I actually, last year, thought Whoa! that... Yeah, thank you, George. Miami had more weapons last year, and Van Dyke was playing very well coming into that football game. Miami was in a position, I thought, uh, to to play... If, if both teams were playing the best of their ability, Miami should have won the game. The good news is... Uh, they had a terrible first half, partly because we played really well. The wind, I thought, hurt Van Dyke as well. He did not respond well to what was a raucous atmosphere. See, I don't worry about Jordan in this situation either, by the way. That matters. We didn't know if Van Dyke would come in and be rattled by the fact that there was a, a night game and it was, it was loud as hell and people cared. And he looked a little – they got off to a slow start and he looked a little shook. Now, he got it together in the second half and settled down and played very well, and that hints the reason we had to come back to win it. But Miami had better players last year. We were not nearly as strong or as deep as we are currently. Our receiving core was terrible a year ago. So that's interesting that he asked that question because I'm I'm tempted to argue Miami had a more distinct advantage, but I actually think we've come that far and they have fallen. They, they lost personnel off that team. Their offense has fallen off a cliff because it's a new offense. It's not the same offense. Uh, they've had injuries. They can't block it up as well as they did a year ago. They're not nearly as deep at wide receiver as they were a year ago, and Florida State's better at wide receiver. The quarterback that Florida State rolls out there now happens to be the same guy who's a lot better than he was a year ago. So I'll say this year, but it's an interesting discussion. Yeah, I agree. I think if it's just on paper, it's close. Last year's Miami's advantage versus Florida State versus this season, Florida State has the advantage over Miami. But when you have new systems, you don't even it masks how good a player could be. You know, so there are some players that are on that roster right yeah. now on both offense and defense, receivers, members of the secondary, whatever it is, 
that will look much better in a year or two for Miami because they know where the hell to be, and they don't have to think about it. We talked about this when, I mean, well, way too much as we've changed coordinators over the years. That guys are thinking. You can see thinking steps instead of instinct. Yeah. Oh, it's the worst. Deloach it's... was a great example of that. Mm-hmm. You know, early season last year versus November last year. Deloach wasn't thinking anymore, and you could see that. He was just playing on instinct because he knew the scheme. So I think when you combine those factors, yeah, the disparity is much wider this year. And the advantage of Florida State. Well, and then you get into psyche. You get into things that do matter. Um, you know, they've struggled under Josh Gaddis to to kind of get a full foothold. And then you've lost some games if you're Miami that you never in a million years thought you were going to lose. I mean, that you could not have told a Miami fan, player, supporter, coach that they were going to get beat up at home by Middle Tennessee State, who hasn't exactly gone on to kick ass that they were going to lose convincingly at home to Duke in a rivalry game. You know, you could not you could not have con- told them that and had them believe that in any way. They would have thought they were taking steps forward. They've taken big steps backwards, and that affects the way that you go and, and, and play a football game because it affects your confidence. Yeah, they're not playing to their potential because they're learning something new. That's part of it as well. And they're a bad football team right now, period. They do what bad football teams do. They miss tackles. They drop wide-open passes. They turn guys loose in the secondary because they don't communicate. They don't block it particularly well. So they've been a bad football team this year. I mean, it's 10 to nothing Middle Tennessee before the people are in their seats, like the 50 that showed up. Right. They're like, why did I even come here? It's 10 nothing. There was an article, I think, this week about pleading with Miami fans to show up. It's sold out now. Well, of course. You're welcome, Miami. Well, I was going to say, most of us are, I mean, there are a lot of us down there right now. This year? Those tickets. This year. You could tell how Mm -hmm. how the fan bases feel about making the eight-hour, seven-hour drive. Six and a half in your case, probably five and a half. Uh, how they feel about their program <laughs> in a given year by how they travel. I think we're going to travel quite well to this game. We usually do regardless. I mean, we really do. We we, we pack that place. There's a lot of Knowles in South Florida, and you know, I, I go down there and stay with my friends, and there's plenty of But there's also a lot of Knowles, you know, a short jaunt in St. Petersburg, in Tampa. It's not that bad a ride from Orlando. The unscientific over-under, though, I would say is... 39.5% of that stadium being Knowles tomorrow. That's what I would set it at. I would be surprised if it wasn't 50%. You think it would be 50-50? Yeah. It, I, uh, man, listen, Miami's had some – so Miami has attendance problems every year because their fans suck and most of their fans didn't go to the school. So there's not real allegiance. It's a fake-ass sort of fan base. So they're in love with symbolism. I would argue that – when they're down, so they already have a problem, again, with consistency. And, and they'll tell you it's because we have so many other things to do. It's also because you're sorry-ass fans. But the other thing about it is when they're bad, that bravado, that false bravado, that fool's gold that they always walk around, yeah, well, that just goes away. They don't want to be there and have to deal with the after effects of another thorough ass kicking. But there might be 60-40 green and orange to garnet tomorrow because it's an event and it's a CNBC and be seen thing yeah, for them be seen but they won't by be loud. the group that's telling you what time it is i mean yeah. that's a that's yeah. a toughie we'll see it's like la in that way though that's tomorrow night is a thing if you're in miami where you're going to go to be seen <laughs> i mean it, it'll be interesting i'm going to be I, right it is a sellout it's fun to talk about we all know how the games look over the years and how they sound and how testy it gets and how uncomfortable it can be and all those things. But it's been my experience that when they're not 
emboldened by good play on the field, they tend to be half-assing about going to those games, no matter who's coming to town. It's sort of, now, especially, obviously, if it's Middle Tennessee State or Duke, they don't show up. But, yeah, they'll come because this is a rivalry, this is hatred, this is all those things. But even then, even if the uptick is significant by way of their average, it's still not overwhelmingly, you know, it, it's, it's not like they're 60,000 canes rolling in there. That ain't happening. It's not a waiting list. No, you can, you can get a ticket. I can't help but be nervous because it's Miami, but I honestly believe we win handily and put all four quarters together for the first time this season. We beat that ass. Let's go, Knowles. According to, according to Mark, I read Mark's comment there. Thank you, Mark, so much. Appreciate that. I, I, I sure hope so. we got to talk to Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, do some betting. Let's do that next. Jeff Cambridge, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply Live Nation's Friday, roll it on. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. Good to be with you. Glad you are with us. Appreciate it very, very much. If you are uh, watching on War Chant TV, don't forget to like and subscribe. I, I do believe uh, my boy is there. I see him. There he is. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. Big winning week last week. By the way, he had, he texted me last week before, uh, right, right as we were getting off the air, and he said New England. Remember that? And we were talking about it. That was his big, uh, I think it was like a 50-unit play, 45-unit play or something like that. They won that. And he hit his game of the year so far. That's the New England game. So, Lee, what's up, baby? You there? Good, except for my, I'm good except for my Canes. Yeah. You know, I, this is interesting, Lee. I, so, so, listen, you and I go back a long ways, and, and I, I think we yeah. would both say that we're, we, you know, we root for our teams, obviously, but we're reasonable, right? You know, we, we're reasonable yeah. fans. I don't often look at this game and feel an overwhelming sense of uh, positivity. I don't often look at it and think in confidence. You know, I always think I'm always nervous about it. It's a big game. I got to be honest with you, Lee. I, I have a hard time believing Miami's going to be very competitive in this game. Does that shock you? No, I think the only way they can be competitive is if Tyler Van Dyke plays. And you and he's close to a hundred percent, and you guys just start coughing up the ball. I mean, like three or four turnovers. Okay, so, you so play a clean game, right? I can't, I can't see Miami winning the game. Well, I, and I was wondering because listen, I admit there's an inherent bias that I have, and so I thought, okay, look, I've tried every which way to Sunday to find a way in which Miami wins, and the first thing I said was what you just said: Van Dyke has to play for Miami to have any chance. And then the second thing I thought is, okay, Florida State has to help Miami. That is to say, they cough it up early, maybe a pick six, something weird like that. The crowd gets into it. Miami begins to believe. But short of those things happening, 
I Miami is in a transitional stage. They don't play. They haven't played well at home at all. They turn the ball over a lot. They've been bad on the offensive line. They're, they're, they don't communicate in the secondary. They're forever turning guys loose. The one area that I think Miami's pretty good is the well, yeah, defensive line. Let's, uh, what about penalties? Penalties? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, what's, what's, what's the one area you like Miami? I would say defensive line. That's, what, that's, where I, that's what I said. Yeah, defensive line's very good. I, I would think they can have some success there. But, you know, again – the oddity is Florida State could run has run on everybody. They even ran on Clemson. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know, man. I I think that well, I, it's obviously the cat's out of the bag. I started with that game. I, FSU minus seven and a half. Are you taking the Knowles to cover? So I'm not betting the game. Okay. At least I wouldn't even consider it unless Tyler Van Dyke's warming up. And I won't be at the game and some people will be there tell me he looks good. I do think Miami's going to play well. Miami is due. I almost never play the due-to-win theory, due-to-cover theory. They haven't covered a game versus Division I team. Only team in the country. So they played one decent half, decent, against Southern Miss. The only thing you have to fear is that Miami plays their best game of the year. And if they play their best game of the year – can they stay competitive? Maybe. So, you know, if I knew who was starting a quarterback, I would give you a definitive prediction. If Tyler Van Dyke starts, I'm going to say Florida State wins 27-23. If he doesn't start, I've never done this. We've never done this based on right. someone starting. If he doesn't start, I think Florida State wins 31-10. Okay, so you have it a blowout if he doesn't start. I have it a I have it as a blowout if he doesn't start, and I'm leaning towards a significant victory for Florida State regardless. But that's partly because Florida State's defensive line is fully healthy for the first time this year since the first game against LSU. And I think they're getting this is crazy, Jeff. Here's what's crazy. Miami ran all over Texas A and M. All over, 175 yards. And it wasn't like they got off a whole lot of plays. They literally snapped the ball 90% of the time with one or two seconds left. Right. So, you know, we've seen a couple games like in the 90s where Miami didn't have great teams. Now, I'm not talking about the team that got, that lost you guys 47 nothing. Right, right. There was a couple times in the early 90s, those were not great teams. And they somehow ran on your great defense. That's true. So, we do see some superhuman uh, yeah, effort sometimes because these kids. If Miami beats Florida State, your season's made. They'll be they'll be carried off the field. It'll, it'll be like they won the national title. You guys are much better. Let's let's see if if Van Dyke plays a very small play on on Miami to cover, but lose the game twenty seven twenty three. But if he doesn't play, blowout city. Alabama LSU. And LSU has rebounded from losing to us early in the year. I kind of think a little bit of what they've done is smoke and mirrors. I don't think that's a great LSU team. They're a lot better than they were. Does Alabama go in there and blow them out and give the 13 or no? I don't think they're great either, but this is not a great Alabama team. Mm -hmm. I mean, offensive line isn't great. Defense is good, not championship levels. The receivers, there's not one guy that scares you at all. 
I don't like going against hot quarterbacks. And Jaden Daniels is red hot right now. I just think this line should have been like eight, nine points. And Alabama's two and six against the spread the last eight on the road here. I think ESPN is going to get a great cliffhanger here in Baton Rouge on Saturday night. Alabama escapes 38-34. Well, the game of the year, as they call it, uh, for at least now, Georgia, a heavy favorite against the newly minted number one team in the land. Always funny to see uh, a committee take a team as number one. I understand it's based on resume to this point, and then have that team catching eight points. <laughs> um, who do you like? Who do you like? We've seen it happen often. We've seen it. it, it hey, so this is what's interesting about this game, Jeff. So as soon as I saw the game, I'm like, oh, if I'm getting like more than a touchdown, I'm going to play Tennessee. And I popped in the tapes of a couple of the games, and – the public is on Tennessee. Eighty-one percent of the bets right now coming in on Tennessee, mm-hmm. but fifty-nine percent of the money is coming in on Georgia. Mm-hmm. So maybe some sharp action on Georgia. So everyone wants to watch the game because Tennessee's great offense, but uh, Georgia's defense—I still think they're pretty darn good. Not at last year's level, where they were number one in the country. They were maybe one of the top defenses we've seen in the last fifteen, twenty years in college football, but. For one game, we're not talking about a five to seven game series like in Major League Baseball in the playoffs or in the NBA conference finals or, or finals. Just one game. And I think they've been watching tape, scheming it up. And I think they have, if anyone has players who can slow down an offense that put up an average of over 45 points on LSU, Alabama, and Kentucky, this is it. And if they play decent on offense. I mean, like anything close to like they did against the Oregon Ducks opening weekend. I, I think they're the right side. Tennessee's defense is ranked eight, 82nd in the country. I think Tennessee's going to crack on the road. Georgia, 48-34. like where your head's at because I took Georgia. Uh, Clemson giving three and a half to Notre Dame. I, I picked Notre Dame last week to go up and beat Syracuse because I thought they'd run on that three three five and they did and I, I you know th- that's their identity now Notre Dame now knows they have to run the ball and this is an interesting matchup for that reason because Clemson didn't stop Florida State from running the ball and has had some t- trouble but I wonder and this is my question to you and who you pick will tell me your answer I suppose but I think Clemson understands that all they have to do is take away this run. I do think they'll walk a safety up, which they didn't want to do against Florida State because they were worried about Florida State's receivers. But I'm not worried about Notre Dame's receivers. Tell me about this game in your eyes. I'm not either. Now, Notre Dame's done what they had to do to win five of the last six games, play smash from mouth football, and they rotate in three different running backs. Mm -hmm. That's great. And they throw underneath to Michael Mayer. But Drew Pine is nothing special. He can't push the ball down the field especially with these wide receivers. Uh, I think the Tigers are more diverse on offense. I think their offensive line is much improved. Last year, I thought their offensive line, one of the worst that we've seen from, you know, Power 5 conference teams. Their receivers ascending, not great, but ascending, playing better. And Will Shipley in the red zone is really good. I think Clemson pulls away late 28-17. All right, that's a cover as well. All right, well, two teams that need to win a game and two teams that we didn't think would maybe be in this position given the fact that they're respectively the the Super Bowl winners of the last few years, Tampa Bay and the Rams. Both teams need to have it. Who gets it? You played kickball when you were, like, elementary school. Loved it. High school. Loved it. Okay. Okay. What did you do when it came down to the last two picks, if you're picking the teams, the last two players left? 
I don't, I haven't thought about this. <laughs> I don't know what I did on kickball. I, I don't know. I took uh, I, I took the guy with the biggest leg, I suppose. <laughs> I, I took the smartest kid. Okay. And, all right, he may know where to stand. He may not get knocked out first or second. So here's the way I look at this game. I think that the Rams have more problems and more deficiencies in Tampa. And I know Tampa's got injuries in the secondary, linebacker, offensive line. Uh, but the Rams, their offensive line might be the worst in the NFL. No running backs. Their second and third best receiver, I don't know if they make many rosters here. And their defense, I think that mentally they realize they're not going anywhere. I think the burden's been lifted off Tom Brady. I think we all thought that he was going through this divorce or just it was just starting out. When it turns out, it was at the end. I think he takes a deep breath, exhales, and plays some good football the next couple weeks. Tampa Bay 24-17. Like to hear it. All right, game of the week is Mississippi State and Auburn. How can folks get that game, Lee? Uh, do the Bulldogs roll here or – in Auburn, you know, maybe keep it close here with Cadillac. Cadillac's running it. You know, Ronnie Brown's the sideline reporter. Did you know that? That is so cool. I'm happy about this, by the way. It makes me smile. Yeah, I'd love to see those two together. Yeah. Calling plays and having fun. Maybe put them in the backfield together. Um, anyone wants to get that game for free, 800-400-9741. We'll give them the game for free. 800-400-9741. And if they want to hop on board... Uh, we've had 10 out of 12 winning weeks. College football game of the year goes tomorrow. I'm going to text you. All right. Game. You're on fire. By the way, Lee, Lee, I'm going to tell people right now while you're talking, this is no joke. You, uh, now, I don't mean to jinx you. You've been on fire with these picks on the games of the year and the big, big weekends. The the two forty five point uh, play unit plays. You got you went two and zero. You texted me last week, New England before the game. I bet New England because of it. They beat the Jets. You're on fire right now, brother. Thanks, buddy. I am going to send it to you right now, and we're 54 and 18 documented the last 12 years on these 40 to 50 unit plays. You want to hop on board? We don't call it November. We call it November here. Get every game through the end of the month. And there's games on Tuesdays and Wednesdays now. Yeah. Got action. I don't have to talk to my wife on Tuesdays and Wednesday nights anymore. So I'm just joking. Um, but uh, you want to get every football play on our phone service through the end of November. 297 or through the end of the season. We're not even halfway through the NFL season, believe it or not. Get everything to uh, 597 through the Super Bowl, including the 36 bowl games, NFL playoffs, Super Bowl, one place, ParamountSports.com. Be good, brother. Be good. Thanks. I'll talk to you soon. That's Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. Hopefully next week when we're talking, we're reveling in Florida State's lopsided victory, and I can rub it in his face. It'll be great. He can handle it. We've gone back and forth for the many, many years. Has that text come in yet? It'll come in during the break. He's right. good. He's good with these texts. He, I mean, so I'll just tell you now. He had Buffalo beating Kansas City on one of those plays. He had Air Force. That one you know about. He had New England this past week, and you know those are the only three that he he said here. I'm sending you a text. These are my games this week, and he's nailed them. So I got to give him credit where credit's due because uh, I know for a fact that that is that is one. Now, you know it's gambling. We'll see. I don't know who's on this week. I'll be interested. I'm never afraid to disagree with him. Uh, 
what do you think about the idea that if Van Dyke plays it's 27-23? I, I think where he's wrong isn't the 23. I don't know how Miami holds Florida State to under 30 points. Right, that's the whole key is turnovers, short field. And the other thing is, if Van Dyke plays, though, do they want to play ball control? Because Miami does have an element of up-tempo in their offense. They can do it. I've seen them do it throughout the season, but I don't think that's what you want to do tomorrow night. You want to choke the life out of the football. Well, if you want to go score for score, I really like our chances. I mean, if they, if you decide to play lightning fast and we got to you know raise this raise the bar on the tempo, yeah, you lose. Uh, they Easy. lose 45-30, 45-27, something like that. If they can score that much. If yeah. they can. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that would be the path to 27 is red zone failures. 27 implies two field goals, a turnover, and then you choke the life out of the ball. Maybe you possess it for 35 minutes, and then Florida State only has you know enough possessions to muster that type of total. That's how you arrive at 27. It's logical, except it's not likely. That's the problem. It could happen, but it's not likely. Chef Camper Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Pre-game, post-game, no game at all. Anytime's the right time for Zaxby's Platters, just as long as you're hungry. Feed your team with your choice of traditional or buffalo fingers, boneless or traditional wings. If you're having trouble deciding, get the best of both worlds with a sampler platter. And don't forget that world-famous sauce. Satisfy your chicken craving with Zaxby's platters. Order online or in the app. Your Tallahassee Zaxby's, a proud Golden Chief booster for 17 years. Go Knowles. I want to say happy birthday to my son Bryce, who is 15 today. It is. Ooh, that's a big one. Yeah, he gets his learner's permit today, and um, it's hard for me to fathom that he's going to be driving soon enough. Um, but 15 years ago, right? Or what time is it? It is one four. Yeah, this is this was the hour of his birth. He was an afternoon child. He was. We went into. She went into labor uh, late, 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 late. Good late, correction. Yeah. Uh, at night, and uh, I was sound asleep and selfish. Uh, I had run a 5K that morning for charity, and I'm not accustomed to running 5Ks. And I went to bed. For profit or charity. Yes, yeah. yes period. And I went to bed, and I was excited uh, to be able to um, get some get some much-needed shut-eye. And so I, uh, I laid my head on that pillow, and I fell asleep within seconds. And, uh, and then from there, I was awakened by, uh, by my wife who said, uh, hey, I think, I think we got to go. And I was like, no, no. you oh. She's like, I know if my water bursts, I, we got to go. I'm like, no, no. We should we, Let's sleep. Let's. <laughs> um, so anyhow. Bryce, just drive exactly like your dad no. did when he was in his teenage years, and you'll be fine. Well, I do. Th th I think every parent, every modern parent, obviously uh, has the same worry that I probably have, which is that you know, growing up, nobody had a cell phone in the car. Nobody's texted anybody in a car. It didn't exist. Your distraction might have been to put a tape in, like that. That was your distraction. There were no phones in the car, and now I, I mean, you know, every day I'm. I sit in awe as I watch these morons weave into three different lanes while they're texting somebody or staring down after the lights turn green or, you know, like you see it all the time. And our kids grow up with the device in their hand. It's freaking, you know, they're, they're accustomed to it. So you just worry about it. What I'm seeing a ton more of on the roadways, and I'll get off my lawn in just a moment, mm -hmm. and you should too. Okay. But it's uh, 
running red lights that are more than one second red. Like, just clear cut, oh my god, I'm already out of a green light going the other way, and somebody just plows on through. That is the scariest thing to me about texting and driving. It happens uh, on the I-10 area here. When you come off the interstate to get to the station, I've seen it five times, maybe more. Sometimes it's a semi truck and it's green for us, like, and oh, it's just coming. Man. I mean, yeah, yeah. So these are there are certain intersections now where I'm the guy who you're like, go. I'm like, I'm not sure. Like- I'm looking. <laughs> I'm looking both ways here. Look, I'm not a paranoid person. I don't sit around imagining the world's worst fears uh, about to get me. I don't think everybody's out, you know, to ruin my world or anything like that. I I do though. I uh, now that he's uh, 15, I'm like, okay, this it's soon enough. Soon enough, it's gonna. I, I'm gonna be worried all the time. But I'm also looking forward to the time that I say, "Hey, uh, so you guys wanted to go get yogurt? They love getting frozen yogurt. Both my boys, they think frozen yogurt. I mean, they're cheap dates, but they think frozen yogurt's the greatest thing of all time. And I don't like just the pestering. And so now it's like, hey, Bryce, you and your brother go get in the car and drive your ass up there to get some. Well, he can't yet, but you know what I mean. Soon enough, and I'm okay. That that will be nice. You go. You go get it. I don't have to go to the damn frozen yogurt store. You go. Ryan is asking us for help. I'm trying not to sneeze for the 17th time If you see a Hyundai accent with Texas plates driving around Tallahassee, tell my son to get off his damn phone. (laughs) Uh, It's the model of the car that makes that the best part. I'll just tell you this. I have spent the better part of the last however many years let's see at least seven years saying get off the phone so that that is a familiar refrain in the cameron household get off the phone is is hell i say that to adults <laughs> i just like get off the phone we're having a conversation marcus writes what is the most likely thing to happen for us to lose on saturday refs drops penalties game management feel free to add some and Order them, please. Uh, thanks, Marcus. I, I again, I think turnovers. I think you just you you whittle it down to the most logical and usually the obvious culprit when a favorite loses to an underdog. It is fairly commonplace that the favorite is sloppy with the football. Um, now that NC State game, you go back, you had a nice combination there—a marriage of uh, drop passes and. Um, uh, and and some really really poor efforts from a penalty standpoint. That game was really that pissed you off. They, there was a lot. Of, there was enough sloppiness to go around. Woo! Um, do we know the crew for Saturday night? Rides Florida man in Texas. Hopefully not Flanagan, since he refed the UM Virginia game last week. Go Knowles. I didn't look at it. We don't. We don't get access to that. We don't. Usually it's in the press box in the actual card that they distribute to the media. So it's a very late announcement. I'm sure it's by design, but yeah, it's a very late announcement. You get the announced crews for TV way early, but not the referees. I will tell you something here, um, and I will, uh, <laughs> I'll read that in a second, Philip. That's funny. I will, this will help you all deal with your angst. And this is kind of a a life hack. When something presents itself, like a person reveals themselves to you, believe them. You know how Jimbo used to say that? It's true. You know, like when somebody reveals that. I don't cheat and I don't lie. (laughs) You know, the ACC and their officials revealed themselves long ago. 
Many moons ago, we became painfully aware of the wild inconsistencies surrounding ACC officiating crews. So much so that I leapt from conspiracy to, no, they're just incompetent in large swaths of action. So, like, you could watch Wake versus Clemson, and you'd go, this is a horribly officiated game. Then you could turn around and watch Virginia versus Duke, and you could go, this is a horribly officiated game. And then it could be NC State versus Wake, and you'd go, my God, this is a terribly officiated game. It's across the board. The good news is for the conspiracy theorists about the ACC has it out to get Florida State specifically. They also hate Miami, guys. They hate Miami. So there's nobody – that ACC crew, if they're of the kind or the mind to loathe the two football powerhouses, at least historically, they're going to be like, well, what, what do we do? What do we do? I hate these bastards, both of them. Flanagan did put his hands on the 2011 game, though, and it was so skewed Miami it was ridiculous. That was the scoop and score in the first play from scrimmage that was ruled incomplete. Mm-hmm. Then the Carlos Williams hold, remember, well, he wasn't the one holding. He had a kick return for a touchdown. And then the Nigel Bradham interception. Uh, well, actually, it was, uh, I think, Jacoby McDaniel might have picked yeah, it up. Yeah, he did. But it was the ejection on the, the bird hit over the middle. Which we laughed about, yes. But that this is this is typically like I so I guess my final lesson there was that just assume the officials are going to suck. And don't worry about it anymore. It's consistently true. Hour number two, fourth coming. Stay with Jeff Cameron Show 93-3 real